I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Must Hear Music podcast. My name is Joe Lynch and I am sitting here with uh, Chris Payne. Hi there. As well as Trish Halpin. Hey. Returning guest Trish. She was with us, I think, 2015. Yeah, failed miserably. And uh, I got invited back because I guess you were desperate. Back by desperate demand. <laughs> um, and yeah, so one of the new things we've got going on here is our microphones are on stands. So, like, it's pretty. Ex- we usually, when we're doing this podcast, we're holding microphones, which is. You know, just the way we did it. And now we have these fancy stands, like almost like when you watch a radio show. So it's it's really throwing me off, honestly. I don't think anyone else cares. No one else does care. <laughs> I'm just, if I, if I sound off anyone listening, it's because of these stands. <laughs> I'm having a weird time with it. Um, but let's start. So we've had a lot of like kind of uh, a lot of big name releases this year come out in sort of unusual ways. Sort of that like faux surprise release. And the latest one uh, was the new Radiohead, which is called A Moon-Shaped Pool, mm-hmm. which they released on their website, on Apple, on Tidal, significantly not on Spotify, because Tom York hates Spotify, um, but hopefully it'll be coming to that soon. But uh, So we want to talk about that a little bit. So first off, what what do you guys think about this release method? Let's, before we actually talk about the music, like what, what, what's your take on it? Surprise release, just like these mic stands. <laughs> Exactly. I don't mind the surprise release because then it makes it much easier. As soon as it's out, I find it way more exciting, and I tend to just over-consume the music. Uh-huh. I'll, uh, when I realized that I didn't cancel my title subscription, I nice. went on and listened to the Radiohead album twice in a row just because I was so excited that it was there and I could have it immediately. Whereas with anything else that I kind of know is coming, by the time it finally drops, I forget about it. No, I mean, I sometimes feel the same way, too. It's like you hear an album's coming out in, like, half a year. It's like, great, remind me in a half a year? Like, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think these event album releases do a great deal of stirring up anticipation for the album coming out, instant anticipation. I get, it gets people really excited right away, and it gets them talking and socializing it and just, like, making a big deal out of it in a way that I don't think they'd be talking and conversing about an album that just came out the traditional way. Yeah. Hmm. I would agree with that. If it just, like, came out on a release date announced, like, three months before, I don't think people would be, like, all over social media with takes about an album the same way. Yeah. That that might be true. Well, also, there's less reviews ahead of time because we didn't, I mean, as far as, I know no one here got an advance of Radiohead, whereas typically we would get an advance release of something. We didn't of 
a lot of the other surprise releases or any of the surprise releases, but because there's no known information about it besides it exists, I think it also makes it uh, people like a just mystery and yeah. There's a mis- yeah, and you just want to listen to it immediately so you can either have the first opinion or so that right. you can be the think or feel as though you're the first person to hear it. And that's a special experience sometimes. Yeah, there's that FOMO that comes into play. Yeah. Um, all right, well let's let's talk about some of the music. So, uh, Trish, you are you were a huge fan of this album, and by huge fan I mean you like it, and yeah. that's significant because you don't particular. Well, you're not like a huge Radiohead fan. No, I mean I like a lot uh, a lot of the older songs that everyone knows, mm-hmm. but I had no idea until a couple days ago that the one song, the last song on the track, that it was an older song because it was just never released i don't i'm not a huge fan i just wouldn't know about it but again because it was kind of a surprise i got excited about it i actually had titles so i can listen i listened all the way through and it was just i don't know i thought it was really good i thought it was a well put together album similar to beyonce's lemonade how it was all one cohesive kind of not necessarily the same story but it was a cohesive album it wasn't piecemeal i i just i really liked it yeah but I mean, this could be about Tom York being. I mean, ale- alleged. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about cheat on, but uh, did Jay Z cheat on Tom York? Our, our freelancer Kim Partridge she wrote a really good take on the album for Billboard.com that you should check out. Was actually mentioning it a little bit how, even though York's lyrics are very, very obscure and difficult to decipher, he did split up with a partner of I think over maybe over twenty oh, yeah. years was it or I actually forgot about that. I don't that. remember yeah, how long it was. He was with someone was. I think since the nineties. Yeah, and uh, he was like our writer was wondering if like some of the lyrics on the album could have been about the breakup. Oh god, I love a breakup album. Yeah. Jagged I'm... Little Pill, Lemonade, like mm. Journey Mitchell Blue. I'm imagining now Tom York in Lemonade Yellow going down the street with a baseball bat. Oh yeah, just with his hot sauce le- uh, baseball bat, yeah. Yeah. I think uh I think he probably did that too. Yeah, he probably did that. I think he was mad that Beyonce's album came out the week before his, or two weeks before, so... <sighs> in, in the one video, he just walks around places and stares at things, and then he, like, goes into a cave. That's, that's, <laughs> Wait, that's is that an actual thing? That's yeah. for, for the song you picked, Trish, for, um... There's daydreaming. Daydreaming, daydreaming yeah. 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 For daydreaming, that's the, what happens in the music yeah, video. Yeah, it's not the most exciting music video in the world. I mean, if you like watching people walk through parking lots, it's a great music video. <laughs> I'm, I'm Tom I'm alienated. Um, <laughs> feeling a bit alienated in these modern times. One of our writers kind of, I thought, interestingly pointed out that the... So the video was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who's done, like, Boogie Nights and Magnolia and a lot of those, like, indie classics... Um, that the first music video that guy directed was Michael Penn's, uh, I forget the name of the song now, but Michael Penn, Sean Penn's brother, used to have a music career. Maybe he still does. I feel like after saying used to, I'm like <laughs> catching myself. Um, but that it's actually that video, his latest one, Paul Thomas Anderson's Radiohead video, is pretty similar to the first video he ever directed. So it's kind of like a bookendy sort of thing. Or it could not be. It could be a total coincidence. But the similar sort of man wandering in places uh video but yeah let's let's listen to a little bit of daydreaming um and then we'll go and talk about one of the other tracks so here is uh, a bit of daydreaming
So that was Daydreaming from the new Radiohead. Um, I like I like that one a lot. It has like the nice like piano and it has a really good build to it. Um, the one I liked, and admittedly, like I'm going to come out and say I have not listened to the full album. I don't have a title subscription anymore, and I'm kind of I haven't paid for it's it because I'm just too. I'm just waiting for it to like drop in full on Spotify, you know, which I is actually, terrible to say. I actually think I'm going to keep my title subscription. I'm going to resubscribe because. I don't. I hate that all the apps are they're all separate and all the music's in different places I know, and it's, it's a so pain. Annoying. And I need some like thirteen year old tech whiz kid to just make something that puts them all into one app. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's a really good album. And if he if Tom York really hates Spotify, I'm not gonna gamble not having right. that album and just waiting. Yeah, I re up too because also similarly, I really wanted to listen to just all the Prince albums lately, it's and true. it's like all of them. I'm. I mean, I maybe there are in other places besides title. I mean, besides obviously the buying them, iTunes, right? Yeah, that's but it. yeah, like to just stream them and like you know, a lot of them I'm unfamiliar with. Just to, to just be able to listen to them once, you know, at my leisure. It's right. Yeah, the Prince is a pretty good selling point. Um, I mean, I'm a real Prince fan, so I have all those on <laughs> CD. Oh. So not a big deal. Oh. Uh, and to answer your question, no, I don't still have a CD player, but when I have them ripped on my computer. When you're a citizen of Minnesota, you just sort of get that by birthright. Right. right. You're just kind of born with a bunch of Prince CDs. You don't even know how it happened. <laughs> like Prince cassettes and CDs. And it's like, wow, I guess I have this triple disc Prince album. I don't know how. But actually, that did happen. After he died, I was like looking through my stuff, and I was like, I didn't even remember owning this one, but I did. So, um, anyways, but let's talk about another one of the Radiohead <laughs> songs. So, "Burn the Witch." That's another one of the few that I've heard. I really like that one. Yeah, that one really has good. that like really urgent like string section that's just kind of like building up to something like sinister and weird and like kind of magical sounding. Yeah, it. I really like that one. It was the first one that they released from the album, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but to me, because again, I'm not the biggest Radiohead fan in the world. I just like their music sometimes, all the time. But you know, um, not the point. But it sounded very much like the older Radiohead songs that I do know and that I do like. And I just, I was into it. It was a nice way to get in, excited for that album when it came out. Yeah, I think it's my favorite. I mean, it's definitely the most accessible track on the album definitely the least sleepy track on the album and i mean i really enjoy the album altogether and that one's kind of the outlier but i do think it is my favorite yeah i mean it's like catchy like you were saying like Mm. this is again haven't heard the whole album but from what i have heard on it like it is more i guess accessible like the some of the radiohead 90s stuff like okay computer and the bends not that it exactly sounds like it but like they're real songs mm-hmm. um whereas like the last one some was... nerd just rolled his eyes so hard at that <laughs> it's true <laughs> um you know whereas like the last one was the last two really were like pretty kraut rock inspired so you have these kind of like you know they're more like about like taking segments of a song and kind of like working through it than they are about like a more traditional song structure so i'm not saying like the radiohead that you loved as a kid are back but like it does seem like they're i guess easing off of the like super experimental stuff is is that true you think for the rest of the album yeah and like we were saying like there's uh true love waits the track that i believe was roughly 15 years old had been become a live favorite 
of many Radiohead fans and finally actually release on an album aside from you know years and years of just being a song that people love to hear live and love to like hold as like a favorite of the super fans because the casual fans who just listen to albums on you know like CD or streaming whatever just mm-hmm. don't know the song because it's not on there so like finally re-releasing some material or actually just releasing some material from the late 90s I think naturally some of the album will recall that era yeah do you think some of the the Radiohead Darks are going to be pissed now that the song they're like well my favorite Radiohead song you probably haven't even heard they only ever played it live twice and now that it's like an album track that's been taken away from them and now I can be like haha sucker I've heard it <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to find some. I haven't really heard that. It seems, I mean, just in general, the discourse around the album seems pretty positive. Yeah, it does. Um, All right. Well, if you're listening, Tom, which I can almost guarantee you aren't, uh, (laughs) put it on Spotify because, I don't know, that'd be nice. Um, Let's listen to Burn the Witch before we move on to the next one. So this is another song from the new Radiohead record. Uh, It's called Burn the Witch. This is love. That's Radiohead's Burn the Witch from A Moon-Shaped Pool. Uh, Next up, let's talk about something not very similar to Radiohead at all. It's uh, Ariana Grande. It's her new song, Into You, from upcoming album Dangerous Woman. And this is a sea paint pick. So why'd you uh, give us this slice of Ari? This song's ready to get me, like, really into Ariana Grande. It's like, I don't dislike her, but I've just always been just like, okay, her songs are pretty cool. Never just, like, really had the urge to really, like, sink into one of her albums. But this track's just a banger. You know, it's, it's it kind of makes me think of uh, a few a few things. Uh, there's a, on the Carly Rae Jepsen album, there's a L.A. Hallucinations, which is my favorite track on the album. Mm-hmm. Just, like, a super clubby track, super catchy, massive production. Reminds me of that. And also uh, the song Usher screams a single from a, a few few years ago yeah just like a, it's, a it's, a, it's ariana's this massive club banger and I, I love that i don't like it as much as dangerous woman sorry Oof. i uh, think it's i think it, i'll like it more in the summer you know driving to the beach hanging out mm-hmm. uh but for right now while it was rainy all week i was wasn't as into it so it's a little weather dependent. It's weather dependent. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it'll be a big summer song. I mean, I'll definitely listen to it when whatever local radio station you guys have, like Z100 I mean, or we equivalent. All live in the same city, so oh, you're talking <laughs> no, to I'm people. Talk- Sorry, we all go. Our I thought you were like ways. looking at me. Like- Is the podcast listenership no, know, exclusive to New York no, City? No, it's, it's not. I'm sorry. You're- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right to correct me. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I guess I'm like split. Beat. I, I like it, but I do think that is like the first time I listened to it. I couldn't like remember the melody immediately afterwards, but while I was hearing it, I did really like it. It just seems like it is like a banger and it's like a pretty organic dance floor song. Like as I mean, like I don't want to like put down, I, I do like Ariana Grande, but like sometimes some of her other dance ones I've listened to and been like, Oh, it seems like maybe a little forced. Like you can tell that she's like hitting the, the studio to be like, all right, this is where we record the dance song. And this one just feels like it pretty natural. Like it just feels really like straightforward and organic, like, you know, just like a off the cuff performance, you know, something that like Madonna was good at, like, and still is of course a good Madonna, still good at everything, but you know, just like singing a dance song and, you know, I'm sure she did always has done multiple takes, but it just always sounded like, she just like showed up in the booth, sang the lyrics, and then walked out. Like it seemed pretty casual and convincing. That being said, you know Ariana Grande obviously has really like pretty intense and impressive vocals, and you hear a little bit of that here. I liked how Dangerous Woman had the kind of throwback feel. That was cool. But um, I'm into this. I'm into into you. Well, it's not that I don't like it. I just think once I'm more in the summer vibe, that's when I'll be ready to blast up. Yeah. All right. What do you th- so, Chris? You're yeah, but you're a big fan. Yeah. Would you say uh, would you say Ariana's making a confession on a dance floor? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Definitely doesn't reach those heights, those dizzying heights. <laughs> but actually, that would be cool if she did something with that guy. Stuart Price was the producer on that album. This is a Max well, Martin, co-produced by Max Martin. Yeah. This, this no, I mean Max Martin's great. It'll, you know. Yeah. It'll get dancier for me. All right. Well, let's... And most importantly, like, she's kind of moved into the the Bunniers phase of her career, right? Because it was... Before that, it was all... First album... Or second album was all about the Cat Ears. And now she's gotten rid of the Cat Ears, moved on to the Bunniers, period. I don't know enough about her to comment on this. All right. I'll I'll say sure. She's moved on from the, the cute little kitty phase to the sexy bunny phase. Think about those two Halloween costumes and, like, it's just the different attitude that comes along with it. Mm -hmm. She's up into the, like, mature, sexy phase. The bunny is sexier? Well, Playboy bunnies are sexier than... Well, I mean, because I have seen seen a picture of her, like, a publicity photo of her, like, wearing bunny ears. Yeah, that's that's, exactly what we're talking about. That's the cover of this single. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which makes you just think, like, what's next? Like... Trish, well, she's what's the next progression? Well, she's, to bunny. She's been in a lot of latex lately, so mm-hmm. I think that's also part of the bunny ears. And from then on, I have no idea. I don't really know where it goes. Yeah, I don't really know what the progression in sexy animals is from there. Like, what animal is sexiest sexy of them Sexy kangaroo? I don't know. Hot kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> They've got that nice pouch going on, and I don't know. That would be weird. I can't think of sexy animals. Maybe she'll like do a kangaroo thing and then carry uh, Frankie Grande around in her pouch. Oh, that'd be adorable. That would be really adorable, actually. So that wouldn't be sexy. That would be back to cute. Yeah, it'd be back to cute. All right. Anyways, well, I hope she's listening, and here's our kangaroo we'll, idea. We'll workshop this. We'll do some drawings. <laughs> we'll figure this thing out. Uh, all right, let's listen to a little of Ariana Grande's Into You, and that's from Dangerous Woman. And the whole day. 
All right, that's a new Ariana Grande song. Uh, next up, let's talk about. Let's do. I guess let's do another C Pain pick. So we've got. Uh, so we're, we're going from Ariana Grande to the broiest of the bro bands, uh, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, and. So they've got a new song. They've got a new album. Oh yeah! I have to say, so the song is called "Dark Necessities." Yeah. When at first, I think you mistyped it when no, you said that, that, that to was me. intentional. That was intentional. Nice. I'm glad you're talking about it now, though. Yeah, because you called it "Dank Necessities," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" There's no way they actually <laughs> released a song called "Dank Necessities." When I saw that was the title, I was like, "They definitely thought about calling this Dank Necessities." They had to be talked out of it. <laughs> right. Right. Someone's like, "No, guys, that's way too far. Like, you can't have the name Dank in a song. Like, it's just Peak Peppers." Because cause, uh, Anthony in the in the chorus sings, dark necessities are part of my design. And if you change it to dance yeah, necessities. Yeah, it still, it still yeah. fits. There's a little bit of... A little bit of that. Wow, that was good. Yeah. I practiced my... my in case anyone's listening, that flea. wasn't a real guitar. Flea, flea is that actually not Chris's here. Mouth. Flea is not actually here right now, shockingly. Um, but, but yeah, so wait, do we know what the new album is called? I don't think we do yet. I don't. But anyways, it's been a while since we've had like a full album from those guys. I mean, I'm honestly I'm not a big Chili Peppers fan, but like, and certainly when they did that double album that everyone liked so much, I was like, I can't even imagine listening to two full CDs. Of Chili <laughs> I couldn't Peppers name music. three Chili Pepper songs right now. Like, I'm I would know sure them if name... you played them, but I've yeah, no idea. I mean, they've yeah. got a lot of classic. I mean, there's no way around that. Like, they have several classic albums sure. and a lot of songs that are just a part of especially california culture but and i guess Mm. by default american culture as a whole because it's like if something is like part of california's fabric it's just like there's no way escaping it no matter where you live in the country um but but anyways i'm just like rambling about there's no escaping under the bridge is what you're saying there really isn't (laughs) um but i every time that comes up as karaoke i'm like come on guys like that's such a mood kill like it's not fun to listen to Especially if someone can't actually sing it. Not that I can sing. I can't, I can't sing for shit. But. Didn't someone do Chili Peppers on the Paramore cruise during karaoke? Yeah. Or I remember, no, it was what Joe was saying about like a mood killers in karaoke. Someone did a, no, it was Foo Fighters. Oh, sorry. Sorry, it was, Dave. It, but yeah, similar vibe. It was like, a very, like, it was like a, one of their more serious songs and everyone was just kind of partying. I was like, mm. uh, this is not really the right vibe. Oh, well. Yeah. But anyways, Wrong back, band. Sorry. Back, back to dank necessities. <laughs> so, so Chris, but you, you like? What do you think about this song? Yeah, I think this song's awesome. To be honest, I've never been a massive fan of the band, and their last album I just didn't really pay much attention to at all. So, I mean, it, it, it was going to take a lot for it to to really jog me out of that, and this track did. You know, it's people have been surmising how the studio presence of a new producer. They work with Danger Mouse. Uh, for the first time on this after working with uh, Rick Rubin for a long time, for about 25 years, always with him producing. And also Nigel Goderich, who normally produces Radiohead, mixed this album. So maybe some new new brains in the studio getting them to change their vibe a little bit. But uh, there's there's a, a, a piano part that comes in just sort of out of nowhere in the middle eight of this song and just really takes it in a different direction. And it's just like a great like headphone songs all sorts of great tracks going on in the sound of it it's not obnoxious like a lot of not 
I know it's, what you it's, mean. it's, it's a totally little no it's a mean. little there is I mean like I was saying the, the baseline is very flea he's like you know Ketis's lyrics are very Ketis but uh it's it's really it's not an obnoxious chili peppers song they don't fall into like a lot of the traps that they do I think sometimes fall into and it's just like a quality song yeah I was I would have to agree um with with you were pointing out the piano like that really struck me it did seem like Obviously, it's not totally new territory for them. I'm not saying this is like a total creative shift, but like no, the way it's a Chili Peppers single for sure. Yeah, but like the the piano did kind of stick out as like not typical of them, and like it it made me wonder like if that was the Nigel Godrich effect, like maybe just something in the way he mixed it or something. It did sound like better or cleaner. I don't know. It was I thought it was interesting. It kind of reminded me of when. Uh, uh, Nigel Godrich did that Paul McCartney album, Chaos and Creation in the Backyard, which was, like, still a McCartney record through and through, but it, like, tweaked the sound, like, ever so slightly that it did sound, like, different in the kind of a... I can't really think of the words, but just just in a more, like, pristine way. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked this a lot more than I usually do, like, lead singles from Chili Peppers projects. Like, I'm not gonna... You know, I'm I'm not, like, beating down the door for the album... But I liked the build-up. I thought, like, the funk element was good without being, like, too... Like, sometimes they can oversell that to, like, an almost lame degree. Um, I think it was nice and, like, perfectly... Not under or overstated, just, like, perfectly stated. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about it, Trish? I listened to it a few times today and then uh, a little bit the the other day without even knowing that I was we were going to be talking about it. So I just thought that was interesting as someone who doesn't really listen to the Chili Peppers so much, seeing how the last couple of years there's been a lot of more, uh, just a lot more songs on the radio and Hot 100 that are, that have a funk sound to them. I don't know if that's, what kind of, if there's a trend in that or if it's just me not paying enough attention to the other music. No, there definitely but, has been a, a trend in Hot 100 radio, like mm-hmm. Funk is like back in uptown funk. I it's mean, gonna give that it was to a you. big part of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, also Nile Rodgers when he came back with Pharrell, right. with Pharrell, and, and um, uh, what's his face over like three years ago, four years ago, whenever that was. Daft Punk. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. I mean, I think, and I think it's great. Like, it's good to hear that back. I've always loved funk, and think it's an underappreciated genre as a whole. Um, I mean the. Chili Peppers are not my favorite practitioners of it by a long shot, but <laughs> they, uh, they, I mean, what? I, I feel like I'm being down on them. They are like a classic band and like, you know, respect to them and what they do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 a, I think it would be a totally cool thing if this was like their biggest hit since like, you know, Snow or Danny California. And I think it has a good chance of doing that. Cause it's just dank. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> it's just like a dank track. <laughs> Um, all right, let's listen to it. It is Dark Necessities, and I, I looked it up, and there is a name for it. It's The Getaway is the name of this album. And uh, so let's listen to it. All right, that was the new Red Hot Chili Peppers, Dark Necessities. Uh, next up, we're going to go to one of my picks. This is Anhony. Am I pronouncing? Anhony? Anhony? Is yeah. that how? Okay. Um, anyways, it's Anhony Hopelessness, which is the title track from her new album. 
so about, oh God, probably 16 years ago, I think, was the first Anthony and the Johnsons album. And yeah, it was self-titled. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah. And uh, I think Anthony, it was self-titled. Yeah, Anthony and the Johnsons. Kind of a, a chamber poppy. Uh, poppy is totally the wrong word. I would say like chamber pop, austere, um, indie act. Very like interesting constructions. She has a really incredible otherworldly voice. Uh, they did four albums as Anthony and the Johnsons. A few years back, she came out as a trans woman. And this is her first album, her first full album, as Anne of Knee. So this is Minus the Johnsons' uh, first album post-coming out. And I really, I've always been a fan of them. And I, you know, I heard there's been a lot of, I think, mixed reviews of it. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's good, but it's not, like, the most enjoyable listen. And, I mean, while it's true that it's, like, a pretty dark... um, brooding thematically dour affair like it's really beautiful and like her voice is just peerless and anyway i specifically picked this song hopelessness because i just like there's uh so so before it was a more kind of like chamber pop rock leaning thing vaguely rock this is adding a lot more electronics to her soundscape um and the synths are really just like they sound like lost in space and just kind of like through a warped lens uh, the lyrics are really interesting. They're all about, on the whole album and this song in particular, about uh, like nature being destroyed and the extinction of species. Um, she actually had an Academy Award-nominated song. I can't remember what it was called, but it was for the documentary Racing Extinction, which is pretty much about what it sounds like. Um, so I just thought it was a really interesting album. And just like, it, it, she's just one of those artists who... It's just for years and continues to be just like unlike anyone else. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I've been, I had been sleeping on the new project for a little while because I was really, really into uh, the two Anthony and the Johnson albums that got a lot of acclaim back in like the uh, 2000s, the yeah. aughts. There I'm was, a bird now. I'm a bird now like, in the crying light. I yeah. was really, really into And this one, like I saw it got a 9.0 on Pitchfork. I saw some people were really into it. And I wanted to listen to it. And I just kept like not wanting to listen to it like while I was at work, like at my mm-hmm. work computer and like wanted to like set aside like time with my good speakers at home and just never got a chance to listen to any of it. So this was my first introduction to the album. And yeah, it's fantastic. I'd be interested to know what producer she worked with on this album because as you were saying the instrumentation it used to be like a lot of classical instruments and strings right and now it's electronic and it's it for some people who were into the old projects it might take some more time to get used to but like the production is just so killer like the way it twists and turns throughout the song and yeah i'm, and, I'm not sure who did this particular song but i know one otrix point never um that he, he did a lot of the production on this. Was Evie and Christ on the album? Maybe. Or was let's, Arca? Let's let's turn to the internet right now. Um. Yes, there is. Uh. It looks like there was some some Arca okay. in there. So, all right, thanks, internet. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's got that like kind of. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, like, synth and electronic, but in that that very, like, um, composer electronic f- vein. You know, it's it's not, like, like synth pop. It's, like, 
someone like composing music and yeah. they just happen to use electronics uh what, what did you think about it trish did you do you dig this at all it was really hard for me to get into to be i mean maybe like how c-pain said he didn't want to listen to it at work or he was having a hard time getting into it at work i i was only listening to it at my desk while i was trying to yeah do my other photo things nice. uh, it was just i'll give it another listen because there was just so much going on to me that it wasn't just a song that like, I'm more of a casual music listener. Yeah. I'm not getting too into who produced it, what all the different levels are and all the different layers of everything. So it would take me a little bit longer to really sit down and listen to it, but it, it was interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, and I didn't know any of the backstories. <laughs> I did not Google. I am not a professional. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's the legit response. I mean, it's, it's definitely not like an easy listen. Like, I don't think it's like, uh, unpleasant listen by any means but it's certainly not like a a fun background sort of thing and thematically like i know or i just from glancing at the track listing you can tell it's about some heavy subjects like polar ice caps melting i'm pretty sure is discussed on the album and yeah other topics also that doesn't sound like a trish well you you really into radiohead there's radiohead songs about polar ice caps melting (laughs) um all right, well, let's let's listen to a bit of that. It's Anne Hanee's, uh Hopelessness, which is the title track from the new album. How did I become the mother of this son of face and mind and hands of virulence? All right, that was Anne Hanee's new track, Hopelessness. And next and last is another one of my picks. It is uh, one of the new Cindy Lauper country album songs. So it's uh, Cindy Lauper featuring Alison Krauss covering Dolly Parton. So it's featuring one legend covering another. And the song Cindy is singing is Hard Candy Christmas, which I don't know if it was originally in, but it was famously in the Dolly Parton movie Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, which is a bizarre, like, very dated but extremely fun movie. I watched that on New Year's Day one year, like, probably like three, four years ago, and I just had no idea what I was watching. Yeah, it was, I saw my it was good. Do a but... stage production of that once, mm, actually. Nice. Mm. I mean, yeah, the Burt Reynolds mustache is, like, in full effect in that movie. <laughs> and that's also where she wrote, um,. Oh, that Whitney Houston song. The song Whitney Houston Oh, sings. yeah. I Will Always Love You. Yeah, yeah. yeah as in that Yeah, that Dolly wrote it for that movie. Really? Wow. I, I yeah. didn't know No, that. you're right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. It's Dolly nice. Parton. I know my Dolly. She knows her wow. Dolly. Wow. Yeah. That was for that movie. That's so... Yeah, that was one of the huh. things when Whitney Houston died, uh, just like when Prince or Bowie, whenever them dies, there's usually like a huge cash windfall that comes after because everyone goes and buys all the music because they just want to hear it again. And so when Whitney Houston passed away... Everyone was saying how, oh, her family, her estate's going to make so much money. But in reality, her biggest songs were all written and produced and everything by other people. So Dolly made more money off that song just following Whitney Houston's death than I think any other than any other song or time in her career. Hmm. I didn't know that. I know my rhinestones and my big hair facts. (laughs) (laughs) Um Oh my god! Yeah, Dolly's incredible. She's touring. I'm really excited. Anyways, but so Dolly's great. Yeah, I'm gonna go. <laughs> we haven't even talked. So the song in per- that we're specifically talking about is called "Hard Candy Christmas," which, for a pretty ridiculous movie, um, is actually a really like touching, beautiful song that kind of 
falls into that Dolly Parton category of uh, writing songs about her poor childhood and and just making it seem like really real. Like a lot of people have, you know, can sing about like what they've the things they've come through. But like she just has those great images, like a hard candy Christmas, like just like that's all they they can't afford much, and they just have this stale candy that they're eating. She's so good at that. But anyways, so Cindy Lauper uh, did a country album. It's called Detour. Is it all covers? I think it's all covers. <clears throat> I could be wrong. There might be one original on it, but it's mostly covers. I haven't listened to the whole thing. I've been jumping around it. There's some pretty hokey st- songs on it. I mean. I love Cindy Lauper. She has an incredible voice. She's so unusual. is one of my all-time favorite albums. So, like, whatever she does, I'm always curious about it. Um, like I said, some of the album is a little... Her album is a little goofy. <laughs> the cover is a little bit goofy. The cover is goofy <laughs> as hell. Um, oh, she's just Cindy being Cindy. Cindy being Cindy. But this song, she does such a good job with this song. Like, she has a beautiful voice, and she, like, really does it justice. And I would love to see, like... Cindy Lauper sing this song live, which uh, hopefully will happen when she does her country tour. But wh- mm-hmm. what do you think about it uh, as I'll, a Dolly fan? As a Dolly fan. Uh, well, there was one part of it, I think it may have been Alison Krauss singing it, where it really mm-hmm. sounded like Dolly. Yeah. And so I do like Alison Krauss too, so it was nice to hear it. I don't think I would have listened to this unless it was on. I forced you to. Yeah, yeah. unless you forced me. Uh, so I listened to it like five times in a row, really tried to get into it. I, uh, I started going through the rest of the album, and it just there's a like Dolly last year or two years ago even did a blues album. Right. Taylor Swift did a pop album. There's a lot of musicians. Okay, she whatever. Don't laugh at me. Um, there's just a lot of musicians going outside of their genre and really just jumping into it, jumping into the deep end with it, and it's really interesting to hear their versions of it. Yeah, I think that's especially like with like singers who have been around for a while like it's just a way to kind of like shake things up for them creatively and like attract new audiences like yeah like pitbull's gonna be on is on a keith urban track so who even knew that was happening oh i knew that was happening well no but i mean like yeah. who would have seen right right who would have like guessed that, that a few yeah. years ago um well yeah and like steven tyler is doing a country album now yeah i don't know i don't really know about that but um, <laughs> well they went blues for a while so maybe this is just well, the next they've always aerosmith's always been a bit bluesy but like well whatever yeah. i don't want to well plus it's solo steven tyler <laughs> which is just like a whole different proposition <laughs> from aerosmith he's been hanging out in nashville a lot so you know what i'll give him the benefit of the doubt when uh, it finally happens. Yeah, I like how you're checking your phone while doing that. You're like, well, it's I, not even I can't on. even take what I'm saying seriously enough to... <laughs> I needed to fiddle with something. All right, fair. Um, Chris, what do you think about this Cindy song? It's funny listening to Christmas songs in May. Yeah. Fair. Well, is it actually... It's not like a listen to it at Christmas Christmas song, is it? It's just like a song about it's... a Christmas you had growing up. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it straddles. It's not like a white Christmas song, mm. but it's, I guess, technically it has Christmas in the title, mm. so. Yeah, I think that I think that's a cool kind of Christmas song, or any holiday song for that matter, one that references the holiday but is not completely immersed in it. Right. They should, oh yeah, like Hard Candy Christmas, you could have like a hard holla Hanukkah. Because it's stale. I want to trademark that, because it would be stale, because that's Hanukkah. all you can afford, is the stale. Mm. All right, never mind. Everyone's rejecting that. Is that even? Is it specific? Cause it, isn't it more like a Passover? No, you're not no. supposed to oh. eat leavened bread during Passover. No, it's but 
All right. And yeah, Hall right. is no, pretty no, lovely. Right. It was a terrible you're, joke, anyways. Yeah. It was a it was a pointless. Yeah, he joke. just <laughs> meant that it was stale, we're and that if you were poor, worse. you had to have stale bread. No, no, I, I got it. No, I got it. Um, yeah, this is a catchy song. Yeah. Do you, I mean, what do you think about Cindy Lauper singing country? Sure. I'm not going to tell her not <laughs> to right. sing country. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, let's just get Alison Krauss to sing it with us. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. Pretty much. She uh, won a Grammy for album of the year with uh, what, Robert Plant. Yeah, with Robert yeah. Plant. That was actually a really good album. It came out when I was in college. Yeah, and Raising Sands. Yeah, it was actually really good. It's a favorite of my mom's. And uh, no, it, it's like a really solid, like impressive release. Mm. I think she's gunning for that album of the year then. I think she's got a couple now because she's got she's got Raising Sand and I think Alison Krauss got one for the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack too. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, I don't think Cindy has one, so it's not mm. gonna be her year, anyways. So <laughs> she, maybe she has a Tony. Yeah, yes, Cindy Lauper has, has a Tony. She, a she Tony. got it for Kinky Boots. She's okay, Kinky yeah, Boots. her and Harvey Firestein. Firestein, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah, Porter and then she's—it's cool, you know. She played. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the news. You know, she a lot of artists boycotted uh, North Carolina after the bathroom bill passed. She played North Carolina, but uh, kind of helped the venue enact a change that now they have a permanent bathroom at that venue for uh, trans people, which is awesome. So well, like, has she always been political? Because just she was also just on James Corden singing about uh, equal pay. She's so. always been, like, a big supporter of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, if she's been super political her whole life, but, I mean, that specifically has been, like, a cause for her. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew that, but, I mean, she also did the parody of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Girls right. Just Want to mm-hmm. Have Equal Fun. Yeah, which was cute. That it was, was funny. super cute, and it was totally accurate. But, um, I don't know, I just don't remember her really getting vocal like that vocal was it maybe just like socially conscious not necessarily like very overtly political right Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i think like when she was younger she was more interested in the politics of having fun and now (laughs) she's (laughs) even that is like a a feminist song no it is yeah um in all seriousness she has the true colors gala too True All right, colors so maybe is I just wasn't song. paying attention for no, like a True Colors gala, like every year it's for LGBT. Yeah, yeah. So I just haven't been paying attention. Great. Right. Well, you know it. It was in the recesses of your memory somewhere. Yeah, it was in there somewhere. Um, all right. Anyways, let's listen to a little bit of that. So it's Cindy Lauper with Allison Krauss uh, singing Dolly Parton's "Hard Candy Christmas." All right, that was the new uh, Cindy Lauper country album, which is called Detour. Um, one of our coworkers who is occasionally on this podcast, Natalie Weiner, had a great joke. Uh, she was saying that the album should be called Cindy Slicker. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> because, like, City Slicker, it's like a country, or it's like a city person if taking on the country lifestyle. If does puns better than Billboard, I think I just need to meet them. Because, like, I don't, as a collective unit, everyone's on their game. We've got a really strong pun game here, which... You know, I don't know if it's, like, the best thing you can brag about in life, but <laughs> it's something, you know? Um, all right. Well, that's that's all we have for this week. Thank you so much, Trish and Chris, for stopping by. And, uh, you know, I guess everyone have an awesome week. And if you if there's anything you've been listening to this year, 
uh, artists or songs or whatever uh, that you think we should check out, please tweet us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.